0: primary ignition. This is Star Wars.
1: Look out. Core. World.
0: Yes. You may fire when
2: ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Gregs Kondak, and you're listening to Core World News, your whole news show for in-depth coverage and analysis for the latest stories for around the galaxy. Now for your news segment rundown for Friday, April 10th, 2020. Commander Cody's Clone Wars conspect but first, Variety reports that Joby Harold has been hired to write on the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Now, the host, Ben Grant Adam to discuss.
1: Thank you very much, Grex, and uh, welcome to another edition of Core World News. We're very happy to have you listening to us. Um, yeah, so that's kind of interesting news about the old uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, that's story the that old have. Kenobi, old yeah. old Ben. Yeah, old ben. That was gonna be my DJ name for a while. It's just like old yeah. Ben. That would be great. <laughs> if um, they call it
2: Old Ben. I mean, that would be that would be a whole different direction, right? Like, it wouldn't yeah. allude to, like the samurai past of the Jedi. It would be more about just, you know, Ben just getting older. You know, <laughs> it's kind of like about Schmidt, but it's Ben Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, jump back. So, Joby Harold. Um, he's he's done a few things uh he did uh he wrote john wick three parabellum which i don't know if you guys saw i oh, saw it recently
1: it was a good time i mean it was yeah. another uh, contribution to john wick uh, lore yeah. which oh
2: correction correction i believe he's a producer on that all right uh, he wrote he seems more he's been filling producer roles more so than writer roles i believe that's five cool. five writer credits 11 producer credits so he's a, he, he knows his way around producing um yeah. And that might be key to getting a show like this off the ground. I mean, showrunners, writers, rooms, writers Uh-oh. that know a thing or two about producing. It's going to be super helpful.
0: Yeah. So you're about to go down a list of things he's done. But I, I got to jump in <laughs> yeah. because he has worked with our man, Hayden Christensen, in the past as a director. Oh, really? Oh, you know, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, he did the movie Awake. Did either of you see oh, the movie Awake. Right.
2: No, and I he wrote not. that movie, so he did he didn't produce. He wrote that movie,
0: yeah, and directed it. It looks like, um, so basically, it's a thriller slash horror where you know, Hayden Christensen goes under surgery and is awake the entire time because we've all heard those <laughs> horror stories that have happened in real life, yeah um, I, I, it, it's a movie it, it it has a beginning, middle, and end um, <laughs> so just stalking good. the anesthesiologist. <laughs> <laughs> I, guys, I want to do like a special. I used to do a blog called "99 Days of Horror," and I kind of want to, I kind of want to bring that back right now. But I think the snark would be too much. Uh, Why not 100 on. days of horror? Because uh, it didn't sound as
1: cool. Okay. I mean, the <laughs> alliteration though. Yeah. Whatever. Exactly. Uh, so, um, so we have one bit of knowledge, right? That someone has spoken about the state of Obi Wan Kenobi right now, and it, it is our our friend Ewan McGregor, mm-hmm. actually. Grant, I like the way okay. you say his name so, better.
2: Yeah, that's, it's interesting because, you know, you can't just say Joby Harold was brought on to rewrite the scripts. Cause from what we've heard from you and I know Adam's going to tell us not to trust you McGregor, but no, I find him trust he's for been lying
0: Indonesian to us <laughs> for, for three years and he's it, admittedly,
2: but he yeah. says the scripts are pretty much there and they're just polishing and then he likes what's there already. So I imagine that they're going forward with what they've created, what they've created with uh, Hossein Amini, the previous writer. Uh, and, uh, there are rumors about what that script entails, but um, Joby Harold's brought on. I don't know if he's doing a complete rewrite or he's polishing. I really don't know. But um, nonetheless, I'm just I, I'm glad that they're hiring, you know, more sets of eyes to look at the script because I know the characters mean so much to so many people.
0: Yeah. And it wouldn't be Star Wars if you didn't have multiple drafts, <laughs> multiple people on scripts. Oh, I mean, yeah. Even from the beginning. Right. When you go into once you get to Empire, you got the lead, you know, the Lee uh, Don't get to my death by committee. No, 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 (laughs) I mean this positively is that it's it's Star Wars is hard for one person other than George Lucas to nail. Right. Like it is his brainchild. It is his world. And so I think sometimes you need to have multiple writers on there to kind of like you said, another set of eyes on it to be like, does this feel like Star Wars? Which I think is an important question to ask with all of these properties.
2: Totally. And after reading that art of book, you know that like there are key people you can go to. That can help you determine that. And Doug Chang for aesthetics, like he is someone who knows mm-hmm. what's a little, you know, either too, you know, retro sci-fi, and what actually then fits into what, what's you know, what's what's Star Warsy, and you know, he kind of understands the Macquarie uh, aesthetics that you kind of need to uh, achieve. And mm-hmm. um, and Filoni and you know Pablo Hidalgo on these experts who just know the lore so deeply that. Um, these are, these are people you can go to and get all that information. So, um, but it's fun to see all these different, you know, writers who've done major films like run in here and, uh, right. and try and put their hands on this, the script and change it and rearrange it. And, you know, I think it'll be a better, it'll be a better outcome.
1: The more writers I, I mean, I it. wonder if they looked at like rogue one and then solo where they essentially, I don't know if they had to, but they ended up doing sort of the same thing where they had like one director and then brought another director to sort of punch it up and like, if you know Kathleen saw something there where a new set of eyes, a new perspective, really brought a lot, you know, another dimension to the story and and uh, to what they're doing. Um, and I wonder if that's just standard practice now. If are we going to see them sort of layering in people, um, creatives on on these projects because a they can afford it and b they have the talent that wants to do it. Um, I don't know. I'm just curious if that's just like I mean I guess we're saying it, it has been standard practice, but I wonder if this is like actual modus operandi now for them yeah i think so
2: yeah i think it's just it's just a tough character to figure out like that puzzle is super hard to figure out um you know do you do give him the tuscan jedis that are kind of rumored in the amini script or do you do you create a new foil for him that's just as interesting as you know vader or the foils he's had in the past or both Right. Yeah. Like,
0: like, like, cause it's, what do we, it's probably gonna be 10 episode series, maybe season. I mean, I know they talked, they haven't really said whether or not it's a series, right? I I think we're all kind of assuming it's a mini series. That's my thought is that's a one and done, but that was my thought with like, like the series Picard, because how do you get, right? How do you get him back? And that's clearly an ongoing series. So Ian McGregor might be down to just come back every Little bit. So you can have multiple threads, right? You can have multiple, you can have your A bad guy and your B bad guy, right? And I think it'd be interesting to have him working with an ex-Jedi like himself, trying to figure that out. And that could be a little more complicated, right? Is it is it someone he's fighting against? Is it someone he's trying to ally with? Are they kind of like thrown together? And then you have your big bad imperial something or other.
2: Yeah. You know, guys, I've been pitching my Kenobi on this podcast since Mm -hmm. the dawn of time. But, uh, like, I always thought that the perfect foil for Obi-Wan Kenobi is, you know, an imperial inspector, uh, like, like, like Star Wars version. An of Dana- agent, yeah. Yeah, but like a Star Wars version of like a Dana Scully or like, yeah. Yeah. you know, like a Nancy New or like a, a, a Miss Marple, like, like some kind of super sleuth, like, a, a, you know, like a Sherlock Holmes. But um, make her a woman, make it ceiling breaking, make it fascinating, make everyone want to rally around this character, you know, even have sympathy for this character and get that imperial perspective. And then you have that, you know, it's almost like a battle of the of the wits after that, you know, with Obi-Wan. I think that's like, that's a, the most interesting story to me. I would love to dive into Jedi stuff, but I feel like I like when that's slow drip. I like when Jedi lore is yeah. like all the force and that stuff's kept on the back burner and we kind of get maybe there's like a little bit of some kind of Jedi knowledge that's passed on through you know, exploration of actual territory on Tatooine or whatever, what have you. But yeah. um, a whole, a whole another Jedi character might be, might be too much Jedi for for this story. Where it should be about a, 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 you know, fish out of water. I mean, he's no longer the Jedi are, have fallen. So this should be a, a story about his growth outside of the Jedi Order. You know.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I, I think the story's crippled because I think it has to stay on Tatooine. And in previous yeah. conversations about this, I was uh, we posited and, and guessed, you know, whether he can actually leave the planet. But I mean, that's one of those cornerstones of Star Wars, though. It's like it's going to be really weird that it's only going to be on one one planet. And uh, I guess I'm definitely going to miss the sort of, you know hyperspace and exploration and all these new terrains it's just going to be the same terrain over and over and over again easy to do but the, it's really it's going to lean on ewan mcgregor's acting i think to make it compelling and uh it's yeah going to be very very new but i i mean to that end though i think that's something they i mean star wars has had great actors but ewan mcgregor and this character are you know married they like they he's fantastic it's just going to be yeah compelling to every time you know he does anything um because he's just so great and i can't wait to see what he redoes you know how he revisits his character and how he's changed and and it's going to be awesome
0: yeah you know i agree i i mean i cannot wait i'm a little interested to see because again not to bring up the card again but it's kind of the closest thing i could think of right is someone kind of imbuing this character and fans Mm. wanting him back forever um and, you know, I don't want to speak ill of the first season of Picard, but it wasn't my favorite thing in the world, even though I love Star Trek and I love that character. Right. But it had nothing to do with uh, Patrick Stewart. Right. Like every time he was on scene being Picard, I was like right back in it. Right. So I have this faith then in in whatever's happening with the script, whatever's happening with the directing, producing, it might be great. It might be whatever. Watching Ewan McGregor embody Obi Wan Kenobi is going to be amazing, no matter what they surround it with, and I hope they surround right. it with an amazing story. Totally. But I know I'm going to be in in the bag for it, no matter what. Just like right. I was excited every week Picard came out, and then I would watch the plot and be like, okay, this is fine. But hey, I got to watch Sir Patrick Stewart be Picard again, a thing I never thought I'd see, and that was amazing. Right, and that's probably what this
1: new hire is. I'm sorry, what is the the writer's name again, Grant? Uh,
0: Joby Harold
2: and. Joby. Uh, his other works include, uh, he was a producer on the most recent King Arthur movie, the Guy Ritchie
0: film. I love that movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah he, he not only producer, he wrote that. Um, yeah. So, I, yeah. But I mean, you you know, maybe that, it was The Hangover, but that was not a great two hours in my life. It was probably your
1: hangover. It was my hangover. It was great. I, yeah. When I watched it, it was awesome. Okay, cool. He wrote, I uh, loved
0: it with the sword and the dragon. And, uh, never mind. Moving on. Moving on. Moving there on. was a dragon. And I remember the dragon. Anyways, yeah. Maybe it was the angle.
2: <laughs> yeah, he wrote um <laughs> Zack Snyder's true. Zack Snyder's upcoming movie, Army of the Dead.
0: Yeah. Can I Okay, <laughs> I'm just derailing us left and right. I was so you and I are clearly looking at the same Wikipedia page or yeah, something. Yeah. And I and I I was hundred percent listening to both of you, but I'm a huge zombie fan, yep. and I am not a huge Zack Snyder fan, but I think his remake of Dawn of the Dead is actually fairly solid um shockingly so and i'm like george romero is one of my yeah. you know personal heroes and so for me to say that breaks my heart every time i have to say that i kind of like the dawn yeah, of when remake. you
2: pointed out all like the, the stratum like the layers to uh the original dawn of the dead i was astonished by how deep those films <laughs> honest like yeah. can be it's oh, yeah. it's pretty amazing you're I, your knowledge of these films it's, it's
0: oh, yeah. unquestionable. It's, i mean i it's my it, i mean i anyway but so apparently this is a semi- sequel to his dawn of the dead there it's a zombie it's a, a heist film with zombies basically um so it'll be interesting all i'll say is this guy Joby is now written three things right that we can see which is awake um and <laughs> king arthur and fine um and this dawn of the dead or army of the dead which has not been released yet but should be out it looks like it's done and it's just in the hopper for netflix so i'm waiting for them to just drop it so it'll definitely be high up on my watch list now that i know that guy wrote it so it'll be interesting to see so that's um that that
1: Zack snyder title that's a marvel title right or no That's it's it's not with marvel
0: it's is no a Romero remake adam no or... so all right so there's two questions coming at me hot and hard, hot and heavy uh one <laughs> Uh no, so Snyder was involved with the DC universe mm. films, so he did like uh, Batman Sorry. v Superman. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't want to speak ill of that, so we'll move on. Um, and it's a very positive hey, podcast. chris yeah. wrote wrote
2: both those movies you're you're thinking of right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh boy. Um, and it's then, those two. I know it. And then the other question is, no, it's, it has nothing. It's not a remake at all of anything that Romero ever did. Okay. But it seems like more of a sequel to Snyder's Dawn of the Two Thousand Four. I think Dawn of the which Dead. I liked. I, I did. Like I, that I shockingly liked it too. I want to hate it. Every time I watch it, I look for why I should hate this movie. Just because it, it, it's capitalizing on literally number three on my top ten movie list of all time, which is the original Dawn of the Dead. And I still watch it and go, "This is pretty good." Yeah. All right, so I think I answered those questions and more.
2: So I don't think <laughs> any of us have seen. I mean, I think I saw King Arthur, but I barely remember it. I remember it being kind of over the top, effects heavy, and kind of a bizarre retelling of the Arthurian like tale. But um, but nonetheless, it's it's King Arthur, so he you'd think he would know his way around, you know, mythic fairy tale storytelling.
1: Yeah, yeah. you would it's, think. I mean, yeah. I just wonder on how he got in the building there. Like, just you know. Well, he's the, also writing an
2: upcoming Transformers movie, and we know I think Steven Spielberg's been involved with Transformers yeah. since the Inception, and we know Kath, Kathleen Kennedy was, you know, worked with Spielberg for years, and uh, they have a close relationship. Uh, I can imagine that was the grapevine, really. But it was kind of yeah. like, hey.
1: Sounds hey, you like know he's this guy named Joby. Yeah, it sounds like his stocks rising right now, and maybe yeah. maybe he. Yeah. I would. i be. I wonder if he reached out to Lucasfilm and was like. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Can I? Is there anything you know I could take a look at?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting because he works on a lot of properties, right? That a lot of properties that have had previous incarnations, right? Like he worked on King Arthur, which again was the first one of Guy Ritchie's planned six movie series that is now a one movie series. Um, but like, you know, it has a long history, and he tried to do something new and creative with it. Um, he was the executive producer on Robin Hood, that Robin Hood movie came out. He was on, like you said, John Wick Chapter 3, this Army of the Dead, which is another. So he clearly um, he clearly doesn't mind stepping into a world that's already been formed, right, and trying to do something with it. And same thing, like you said, he's he's doing, I think, the sequel to Bumblebee seems to be what he's writing, which is that, which is the train. So he's doing spin-off of a spinoff movie. But uh, right. Right. actually, here's shocker. I did not hate the first, the Bumblebee movie that came out. It was not terrible, and I oh, do not particu-
2: one of the best openings of all the Transformer yeah. movies. I don't particularly <laughs> like
0: <laughs> any of the Transformer movies, but I actually had a pretty good time with Bumblebee.
2: I thought the opening of Bumblebee would have been the opening of the very first Transformers.
0: Film. Agreed. Yeah, it, it got <laughs> it right. It
2: perfect. Yeah. It is like this classic Cybertron opening yeah. uh, that just makes you fall in love with Transformers all over again. Um, yeah, so. That's exciting. He's jumping aboard. We still know there's the 2022 movie that's slated. Yeah. They haven't moved that. Uh, I mean, that's just... Every time I hear it hasn't been moved, it just makes me think it's Ryan's film because, I mean, we know he's been writing and there yeah. hasn't been any shakeup in terms of his, you know, relationship with Lucasfilm. And yeah. uh, and I heard it was a dream to work with Ryan. And, um, yeah, so I, I don't see why it wouldn't be his film.
0: I'm going to go out there and say it's, it's Feige's film. OK. Um, and and my thought is, is that he's he's stepped away a little bit from the Marvel verse, like he's still there and he's still helming it. But he's not like you. literally in the old days of Marvel, they'd have like three writers room in one building and he would just bop between them. Right. And like yell things in the door, and be like, "You can do whatever you want with Loki," or "You can't do this." Like he was just running around these three writers' rooms, like trying as he's to like
2: play. handling like licensing agreements yeah. with other. Exactly,
0: <laughs> like we got ego, the living planet, go nuts. <laughs> um, and so, I know I stepped back, but I feel like I have a sense from Star Wars that they, with the underperformance of Solo, um, with the the internet exploding (laughs) over the last jedi Mm. with with what happened with rise skywalker which was successful but but you know they were wanting it to do more and then with i don't know if you read
2: the art of book adam but uh the last jedi was received with critical acclaim like there was it was a (laughs) great
1: film first paragraph there was no
0: dissent sure uh again i love that movie that's not me saying sure it's just that's a (laughs) that is factually yeah whatever Um, And so I feel like they're kind of looking for the next thing in Star Wars. Right. And so I think they definitely are still working with Ryan. But I think they're looking for a, you know, quote unquote win from uh, because I feel like they feel like, again, a quote unquote win hasn't happened with them since like Rogue One. Right. Where it just seemed to like unite everyone. And it was a big.
2: Yeah, that movie did that. That movie was very, uh, I'd say, impactful in bringing us together. Uh, yeah. because I mean, I mean the it was
0: Mandalorian was a huge win. For- yeah. I, yes. I, I was just speaking specifically of the of movies, right? Future because thriller. I think that, yeah. but I think, but think about that. Think of the lesson they learned there is they brought someone from outside of the star Wars family who is successful at creating large blockbusters and giving him free run to do whatever he wants with some guidance of a star Wars. Right. You know, See, I master. have a different,
2: I have a different idea. Yeah. I feel, I feel, um, Kevin Feige is still very much involved in the Marvel Studios Cinematic Universe, Marvel Cinematic Universe. But um, I I think the plan was before we got hit by the plague, but uh, was to develop Spider-Man in a big way across studio endeavor to develop Spider-Man across a series of films. Just so they have the iconic Spider-Man as this foundation piece to the Marvel Cinematic Universe as he, he is like, you know, just like the Fantastic Four, a kind of foundation piece to the comics and all that and everything that's come out. Uh, since since then and um i feel like i feel like spider-man was i feel like this i feel like in secret he was really really honed in on spider-man right now
0: oh yeah Uh, he was yeah he loved that he wanted to get that so hard and he wanted to when that deal was starting to go south last year he, he the stuff he did behind the scenes to get him back in so i'm gonna i'm gonna come back at that with i think i think you're right i think the other thing is what marvel did with with things being shut down, is literally they have a release schedule through like what 2024, something crazy like that. They like know their dates. Yeah, everything just got pushed back one, right? Black Widow got pushed back to November because that's when the Eternals was supposed to go, Eternals got pushed back to February, which is when something was supposed to come. So, Foggy's a movie behind, meaning his world just became a little more open than what it was, right? right yeah. Which might give him that space to come in and jump in full force into a Star Wars movie
1: right and, and and 2022 is still a ways off i mean there's yeah. there's plenty of time to do pre-production which you can still do in quarantine and then you know it's only like a year of production and post-production i think usually goes into these right
2: well i mean it would have to you'd have to be it would be crunched for serious development about right now because you have to start prepping for you know mm. shoot in a year you know right
0: oh right yeah
1: Yeah.
2: right so you'd have to be development meetings every day right now constantly
0: do you also wonder that maybe yeah. they're kind of like I kind of feel like they're doing this with Disney plus stuff is like maybe they both have that slot and whoever can show. That they they're further along and they can get it done, gets it and then the other one gets to the next year slot. You know what I mean? Do you think maybe that's, that's very interesting because you have
2: someone who's, you know, does it all a Ryan Johnson and then you have a Kevin Feige who's a, you know, a producer a mega giant. And it's like, oh, so, you know, either the production passed path or the writer director path is going to yield a film you know and which one's going to win out which one's going to be developed sooner yeah. which one's going to be ready for 2022 that's fascinating that's interesting i wonder if that's happening right now or you know it's just ryan johnson like because yeah. yeah, i yeah. know that deal's been they've been that deals it's been inked since yeah, the totally.
0: since before last Jedi came out right totally. like didn't you're yeah. we talking i mean that came out and he was already on board for doing three more because yeah. they loved it so much and they loved him so much I think this is going to be called the reboot
2: trilogy too. I think it's that's what it's going to be labeled at labeled as at the end of the day because it's like I feel like it's going to capture all the essence of what Star Wars is and just give you a whole cast yeah. of characters.
1: Yeah, I wonder I wonder I, my heart actually wants the next movie to be Ryan Johnson's. Uh, yeah. Though I love that idea that they're just competing. We know that um Kathleen kind of runs it fast and loose. It's just sort of like mm-hmm. As soon as they know a thing, they usually and, and and can talk about it. They'll talk about it, you know. it's Like that's what they did with the Cassian Andor series and the Obi Wan series. As soon as there was even like a thing, like I, I think as soon as this actors signed on, they're like, "All right, we're going to do this. And we don't know how, but it's going to. You know, we're going to pull it together and we're going to make it work." So, yeah, that would be interesting if they actually were having a race. But I, I don't know. I am leaning more towards Ryan Johnson. I, I want to see, um, his next effort. I want to see this reboot. You know, we, we're talking about like established blockbuster um you know producers and writers and how that had worked out and ryan johnson really wasn't that i mean what was it looper was that that's his movie right i'm not yeah yeah so i mean that was a pretty big budget movie but it was nowhere near this that you know the last jedi was really his first foray into the blockbuster and um so maybe but i mean you you can't argue with a billion dollars so and and that's what that that movie made so i mean he it, it, it's successful by that metric. I'm sure Disney appreciates it. I don't know. I'm. I'm. I want to see a sophomore effort. I want to see what he's yeah. going to the next time. And I mean, who knows what the world's going to look like in two
0: years? Yeah, I will say this. Regardless, I I'm with both of you. I think my heart says Ryan, right and my gut for some reason saying Feige. Feige. Yeah. Um. But I'm fine with whatever we get. Either one. You're right. Like I'll be yeah. excited for different reasons for either one. But I think the thing that I'm just so excited about is like, I, you know, I got bummed with all the Marvel stuff getting pushed back. I kind of live my life from Marvel movie to Marvel movie every four months. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so that's taken a bit of a toll on me. But like just seeing that date stand there and to know there's going to be like another holiday Star Wars movie, because that's just been my favorite thing since yeah. 2015 is like watching that movie five, six times over, over winter break. And I can't, it's awesome that that's coming back again.
1: Right. So, so we've talked about this a couple of times, but I want to get your present day take on this, this next movie, 2022, uh, whether it's uh, uh, Feige or, um, or Ryan, what era is it? Is it going to be, Uh, after sequel era or after the sequels, is it going to be way early? I mean, are we going to get like high Republic stuff or is it going to somehow be concordant, but not entangled with the Skywalker saga?
2: I I say Jedi Sith Wars. Like I say, going back a thousand years to the the last Jedi Sith war. That's what I mean. That's the biggest, most blockbuster thing I can imagine. And with Kevin Feige, like I could, I could see Kevin Feige producing and Ryan Johnson direct, writing and directing. Like I could see that being yeah. credits, and wow. Ram Ram Bergman, obviously uh, Ryan's producer, also being an executive producer on the project. Right. But like, it, yeah. it just, it just seems like you know, it's it's a major IP, and we know Kevin Feige just, you know, he doesn't direct these Marvel films; he hires directors. Why not just, why not just get the best in the business, get Ryan Johnson to write, direct, and Kevin Feige to produce? That's right. a mega epic that no one can yeah. really, you know, right. it, it, and, and all that all the kind of fan controversy surrounding the last Jedi would be washed away by having Kevin Feige in the credits because it's we all, they all love the Marvel films.
0: Yeah. Right, that's a really interesting point. We're acting as if these are two separate things and you might be on something where where there might be more collaboration and it might yeah. be more of we talked about a lot in in previous a episodes lot. teams, right? Who do we team who with? Yeah. And, and we Nassia, talked about teams for for Ryan. Yeah. yeah. Ryan and Kevin Foggy would be a really interesting team, right? To oh, yeah. get someone who is yeah. so um like methodical in his directing and so thoughtful and and able to craft really interesting stories with someone who knows how to make just blockbusters that ties in giant right. mythos, right? Like that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, there's the kind of macro and 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 micro where it's like, uh, you know, Ryan's paying attention to the detail of the story and the characters and the worlds and the lore and the concepts and the themes and the poetry of it all. And then Kevin Feige is like, oh, how does this movie connect to, you know, a movie that's 16 films down the line? You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's yeah. I feel like that's what you want ultimately for your next uh, pro- uh, production. Endeavor.
0: Yeah, I, I love that call. Adam, what do you what do you say? Oh, man, I was hoping that was my misdirect was going to was my ruse was going to work. <laughs> Um, I, I don't go know. First if you need more time. No, no. Well, yeah. You go first. Cause I don't think more time's going to help. Well, no, actually I'll let you go last because mine's just going to be like, we'll end with a bang. Cause, okay. cause I got nothing <laughs> and more time's not going to help because I definitely see where Grant's going. I can totally see them doing Jedi Sith war. I think that'd be an epic. That'd be huge. I don't necessarily see Ryan Johnson doing that though. I feel like he likes smaller personal mm. films. And so but that's where I get into a bit of a problem because I'm thinking like maybe we do a side story that's kind of concurrent, but it doesn't have to deal with the Skywalker saga characters because I don't think you're going to get, nor should we get right now, those characters in right now. I think we need a bit of a break and we'll we'll talk about that in a future episode when we pitch episode 10. Yeah. <laughs> but. I feel like that point, it's a hard to tell that story without everyone, including myself to some degree going, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's going on with Ray? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on with the, with, with right. the, you know what I mean? So I don't know. Or we've talked about in the past, you know, jumping way into the future of the story. That's hard to do though, because then if you do want to jump back and tell episodes 10, 11, 12, they almost start feeling like prequels, right? Because there's only yeah. certain things they can. So I don't know. I think Grant might be on something with going way back and doing the Jedi Sith war, but I'm not sure. What do you think then? Right. So Adam uh, artfully dodged. Um, yeah, artfully. artfully.
1: Well,
2: I think you said a far future, which I think is brilliant. I think Dog. we're going to get the we're going to get the rusted C-3PO gray haired Chewbacca, you know, story at some point. I promise you guys.
1: Oh, that would be great. Rusted C-3PO, like finally full circle, but over like millennia. Yeah, yeah. that would be pretty great. Um, I So my heart wants the sequel trilogy. Yeah, Um, I really don't think it's going to happen, but like. This I can't wait for our pitch episode because we've talked a lot about this off air and like we've got I mean, it it could be a really amazing sequel. But now I'm like, I don't know. But if if I wanted to do like a one B or something, maybe he tells the story of Ezra Bridger chasing Thrawn in the outer regions. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's an important story. And he goes and does that. I mean, it would be weird to like I, I I've never associated, you know, Ryan with Thrawn I feel like that's more of a felony story. Um yeah. and actually they might coincide right if the rumors about another rebel season is are true then that's that's what they're going to cover. So right. maybe that's not going to be it. Um but yeah, I, I it's interesting because there's no obvious path here. I mean the, the high republic has been brought up in books only so I mean that could be it. But um yeah, so far I mean I don't know Jedi Sith war is press it, it'd be interesting if you really was an EU fan and was combing through some of these old classics, the Darth Bane trilogy or something.
2: (laughs) Dare I say Bane?
1: Yeah. Well, Bane (laughs) is involved in that, right? Because he marks the end of the Jedi Sith war, right? Right. Yeah, totally. So um, I wouldn't
2: mind that being reforged, that whole storyline. Like, I wouldn't mind all of that being played with and and changed dramatically.
0: I think we're all big fans. To me, I think it's like the best series of the old canon. To be honest, like I, I still, I have memory of books. My, my, my memory doesn't tend to hook onto that stuff. But man, I do remember those books very vividly. Right. The author was Carpathian. Drew Carpathian. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Those books are
2: great. Um. Yeah. Because. There's some cool stuff in those books too, because we know uh Bane was, I think, a trooper. Like uh, he was in this unit called like the Gloom or something like that. He was like a trooper yeah. in the Sith army before he became like a right. Sith. And I was like, oh, this is. And he goes to that Sith academy. Like there, like they, there is so much interesting nuggets in there for Dark Side, you know, storytelling. But, yeah, uh, it hasn't been really accessed yet because it's and, been so secretive.
1: And Ryan would be such a good Dark Side. Like they're due for a Dark Side centric story. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess not like really you could argue that Vader is like, a, you know, the, the original trilogy is, you know, really about Vader. But I don't know really if you're if your protagonist was Bane. I mean, it'd be pretty interesting to sort of see those those wars or even I mean, I, I could see one where he does an episode. And by the end of it, sort of Bane, the war has ended and Bane is about to go on his vision quest of the first episode, you know. Or, but I wonder if it's like his parent. It starts with his Bane's parents or something in the Sith War, and like trying to deal some of that, and really get you know create a whole cast of characters through this you know through the war from the you know from the Sith Army point of view would be kind of interesting. But really, Bane is, I mean, obviously the main event as far as I can, you yeah. know, the biggest well, the most. Yeah. I, I can't
2: wait to talk about Clone Wars and Ahsoka uh, later on, but uh, I feel like an Ahsoka type character might be the way forward for a storyline around the Jedi Sith yeah. Wars. Uh, just someone who's outcast of the Jedi and not a Sith, someone in between. And I think Ryan would excel at someone who's you know in between. Mm. That would be you know, yeah. write, uh, writing that character. Um, I have a few questions before we jump out of this uh, this segment about Obi Wan and the, the movie in twenty twenty two. Back to Obi Wan real quick. Jabba, would you? How would you feel if Jabba was incorporated in the story in some way? Or would you dislike that?
1: I think that could work. Okay. I, I Yeah, I, I think you have to ring out. I mean, if this is going to be a multiple episode series, you've got to ring out everything we know about Tatooine because it has to tether back. And just going to like Moss Eisley and, you know, maybe he's watching the Lars Homestead is not going to be enough. And you're going to need antagonists. And there's plenty of them on Tatooine, but... But you need the huts. I mean, it's it's hut space, right? So um, that's yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, kinda I mean, I'm kind
2: okay. of I'm kind of over mall Crimson Dawn, and Jabba of the Hut. I wouldn't mind, you know, new areas being mined on tattooing new characters, yeah. new True. games.
0: But it's hard, right? It's, it's and, and you want to avoid too much over fan servicey things, but at the same time, from a logical perspective, if we're talking about this taking place, what was it, right around the same time as solo, maybe? Was it like 10 years before? Yeah. Episode four. I mean, that seems to be like Jabba is at his height of power. It's hard not to. It's There's Star Wars. You, 20 you gotta... years between the, the fall, like Order
1: 66 and New York, yeah. right? 20 yeah. years or 10? Yeah,
0: 19, I think.
1: OK, 19. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it could be 20 years before and, and and but we know Solo's 10 years before. right? Yeah.
0: It's just like Star Wars has to have. It seems like an easy out to me, though, doesn't it? It doesn't. It doesn't like it feels like if you don't do it right. Like if you don't put Jabba in there, it feels like why wasn't Jabba in there? We're talking about Star Wars. You have to have gangsters. And if you're on Tatooine, you're not going anywhere but Tatooine. You have to have Jabba. But then you put Jabba in there and it feels like it's fan service. It feels like a trap.
1: It's a trap. Come on. I mean, it's important to have these tethers to the original. It it just it it brings new life into it. it. It gives it meaning. And it 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 makes it feel like it owns the same DNA. It, I think we're ten years away from the movie that has no tethers to you know creatures or facts and or characters from the original trilogy being involved in some way and like a thing totally. that yeah, comes yeah.
0: out. I mean, if you look It'll at the Mandalorian, happen, but... right? Mandalorian, we got Jawas, we got Sand People, and it didn't and it felt good, right? Like it felt right. like it made sense. And we have and, a baby oh, Yoda. I, I mean, loved the use of Yoda
2: uh, Tuscan Raiders in uh yeah. Uh, Mandalorian,
1: love, oh, the love that. Those with the like hand signals, oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, no. um, yeah. So
2: I, I wouldn't mind Jabba being in the film, just maybe, maybe don't lean on the character. Uh, I hopefully, there's no laugh yeah. in the trailer, you know, something like that, because yeah. that is a really, really like iconic laugh that would easily draw me in. But well, I mean, now that you said mean, it,
1: that's <laughs> totally
2: going to happen. No, yeah, but, 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 I mean Obi Obi. That's not Obi Wan's character. He doesn't deal with Jabba. It's not really. It's not Obi Wan to me. You know, but he'll
1: character. have to. I don't know if if it's anything like that book. I I hope they do incorporate some like some of that Seven Samurai. Like he gets in, you know he does make some connections with some locals and has to like liberate them from sam people or Tus you know Tuscan Ra- uh Tuscan Raiders or you know maybe it is Hut controlled and like we find out more about that. Uh, you know in, in addition I mean that would be fun. There's also I mean there's a young Boba Fett kicking around out there somewhere and we know he works for Jabba. He's Jabba's guy so um that might that that could enter into it um because we don't there would be no sort of conflicting things yeah, yeah. And
2: there's there's real history oh. between boba and obi-wan as well that is. oh right is right yeah. i mean if you yeah, if, yeah, it, yeah. if it if it was dealt with in that story in the series i mean i could see it being interesting but yeah again yeah. i feel like obi-wan is kind of he will confront the underworld in this film but i don't think it'll be the central uh, uh yeah. challenge i agree i agree with that yeah they're I just think, on the
1: periphery yeah. Correct. And also Crate Dragons. He's going to oh. Oh. definitely... Oh. oh, that's
2: 100% the trailer, by the way. I mean, yeah, that's the trailer. The trailer is him standing at the mouth of a massive cave and it just, you know, the head of a crate Dragon just coming out of the shadows, right? <laughs> oh, um, so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, um, other, uh, so 2022, uh, what, if that, what if the 2022 film deals with the, the High Republic era? Would you guys like that the kind of expansion of that storytelling in that era?
0: I don't know. I haven't seen it yet.
2: right
0: exactly yeah that's why i don't yeah that's why i don't think it's going to be because we're not going to have our first taste of that for what three months at this point and by then it's got to be further along than i i think i think their plan with the high republic is really just let it be its own thing out there in the comics and the books so we don't have to worry about publishing books that are are connected so closely to other properties and i feel like that's only going to become a movie if it's a huge success. I would I would be kind of shocked if we ever see anything in The High Republic other than these two series. Yeah, yeah. those are seeds, I think. They're planting yeah. seeds and they're seeing what grows.
1: And, you know, again, maybe five years down the line, it's it's got a cult following or, you know. Actually, I don't know. I mean, we'll know fairly soon whether people like it or not. I'm excited for it, personally. Yeah. I like
0: the fact that we're now separating these two realms and I can just read the book and read the comics and not worry so much about how it connects to all the other properties. Yeah, I love it, synergy, though. I love. I synergy. do it, Thomas, too.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm with Adam on this. I. I love that they're. They've carved out a whole era to tell these stories where they're not. They don't have to preserve canon, and they can actually take big swings and tell yeah. really dramatic tales. Uh, yeah. I, I'm really excited for that potential because I, from what I'm getting in the comics and the books currently, it's not as groundbreaking as Star Wars should be. In my right. Mind
1: right yeah. they've, it's felt like they've been handcuffed through these yes totally. trying to yeah. like you know not spoil rise of skywalker and and, and all that oh, yeah. so tell cool. me about Which it
0: i huh? always say is a real shame because the writers and artists they have on board are like top notch oh geniuses yeah. Yeah. and i'm so excited that they finally kind of just are letting them loose to do whatever they want in this new realm
2: yeah right and, uh yeah so that's and finally not really a question but it, on april 1st it was uh uh, it would have been Toshiro Mifune's 100th birthday. Oh. So, yeah, wow. Shout out to um, one of the greatest actors of all time. Uh, could have been Obi-Wan Kenobi in another reality. So it's yeah. cool to think about.
1: Yeah, totally. Super cool. Awesome. contact your troops. Now from the front lines
2: of the other MCGs, Commander Cody's Clone Wars Conspectus. Very good, sir. Thank you, Cody. And welcome back to Clone Wars Conspectus. We uh, we watched last week's episode uh, of season seven, which was episode seven, we watched uh, episode eight today. So we are all caught up, I believe, all three of yeah. us. Um, uh, last week's episode was uh, really fun. I will, we'll just do a summary for each episode, just so we can catch uh, we can have listeners catch up with us. Uh, uh, so. My summary, my original summary for episode seven was Ahsoka and the Martez sisters attempt to escape from the pikes, but their dysfunctional dynamic results in them being recaptured and placed back behind bars or laser bars or laser fields. <laughs> 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 Whatever terminology you want to use. Um episode eight, we'll just do them both together because not yeah. a lot happens in episode seven. It's 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 just as I said, it was kind of a so cool. escape recapture. Yeah. Um Episode eight together again. This is the a summary from uh Disney Plus. Uh not so much a summary as much as it's, it's like a tease, kind of like a log line. Uh, Ahsoka makes a deal to free the Martez sisters as she executes her own plan for escape. Ahsoka discovers the identity of identity of the mastermind behind the Pike Spice operation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's these, a good it's a good summary because it doesn't ruin it so we can right. ruin it for you yeah.
1: later. Yeah, get ready for us to ruin it if you haven't seen it already. <laughs> um, it's still worth watching uh, yeah. post-ruin, obviously. Um, but uh, this is a good pair, actually, to do together, which is completely unintentional. But, I mean, it all takes yeah. place at, on this Pike world. Um, and uh, pretty pretty interesting things. And also, as you see in the first episode, there is it, it really is about that dysfunction. I mean, in a very broad sense um they're dysfunctional they they're they're working against each other not with each other and it gets them captured again and then or for I, each
2: other which is kind of made clear in this most recent episode
1: yeah. exactly and then on um, the most recent episode they uh they do it, it, they come together There was a, a really great line where um ahsoka says you know we each contributed to getting into this mess we need to each contribute to getting us out yeah and um Yeah. And and so, I mean, that just in a very broad sense, those are two overarching themes. But there's a lot of interesting lore and narrative stuff that goes on here in between.
2: Yeah. And a beautiful arc for uh, Rafa in particular. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. She's very standoffish to start, kind of uh, conditioned by the underworld of Coruscant, uh, kind of living a rough rough and tumble life um, and and always blaming the Jedi for all her problems. Obviously, her... in their past, it's revealed in uh, episode seven that uh, uh, when Cad Bane made his escape uh, with um, oh, Zero the, the Hut, yeah. um, uh, 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 a transport um, uh, speeder, I guess, fell into uh, uh, their apartment complex and killed yeah. their parents and the Jedi were in pursuit of Cad Bane. And she's always saw the Jedi as sort of an enemy to to them and uh, uh, and kind of. Has, has doubts about the Jedi. Yeah.
0: Can you blame her? No. Yeah. You can't. Like, like yeah. to be honest, I think this, I, I kind of love that story, which actually is a re- reference to um, the season finale of episode one, Hostage Crisis. Like, that actually did happen. We didn't see the, we didn't see the scene that she's describing, but we see the escape, and we're kind of led to believe this yeah. is what happens after the escape, which I love. Um, and it kind of points perfectly to my vision of the Jedi during this time period, right? They're yeah. they're very disconnected from who they used to be, and in that line from, um oh, I forgot the Jedi's name, and I was going to say who it was was it Mace Windu? Was, no, uh, uh, Luminara. Um, Luminara, I think it was right. Luminara, who basically said like, yeah, I had to make a decision, trust in the Force, right? Yeah. Which is kind of the thing, which yeah yeah i get that but like platitude sort of if you're you know with two dead parents yeah yeah. i don't blame her for growing up resenting the jedi that's not to say that that wasn't the best of of horrible choices like the jedi necessarily did anything wrong in making that decision i mean it was that or like a crowded um right it was that or a crowded landing pad i think was the decision right yeah but like maybe you clean up after your mess a little better, <laughs> right? When that happens, oh as right. totally. a Jedi. yeah, go visit. So like I love that story, yeah.
1: yeah, right. Or maybe I mean, you're not, you know, team Jedi world police sort of thing, you know? Totally, is, yeah.
2: Like I yeah. feel like it, they have to tread a fine line. They can't be like, uh, it can't be like the Council where they deem they assume certain things about problems that maybe the problem's too small for them to get involved. And you can't go into the blind faith territory and trust the force either. You kind of have to do what I think Ahsoka does, which is a kind of a non-judgmental case-by-case kind of thing, where it's like yeah. there's no problem too small, and I'm not going to just you know blind. But then again, blind trust is, seems like a central theme with her character, where she's just ready to trust people because she believes trust will always yield to a more productive like relationship outcome, mm-hmm. things like that. But um, Ah Ahsoka definitely is this, like, new kind of guiding figure, I think, to what the Jedi should and could be. And we actually get that line verbalized in the most recent episode
0: by Rafa. So I had an interesting experience watching these episodes because I think both of you watched Episode 7 last week, right? And then watched Episode 8 this week. Yeah. Um, I dropped the ball last week, didn't watch it, which is fine because we had a three-hour episode just talking about (laughs) the novelization. So it's good that we pushed it. But I watched them back to back this morning, which I think was really helpful. Except, here was my experience I watched episode seven and I watched episode eight, and episode eight starts almost the exact same way as episode seven did. <laughs> and I kept thinking that Disney Plus had misnumbered things. And so I tried restarting it, and I actually had to go back and rewatch the beginning of episode seven to make sure <laughs> it wasn't. You mean those laser
2: episode. field gates? Because, exactly.
0: And they yeah, start yeah. slightly differently, but I'm like, so I, I was like literally getting to the point where I'm like old man angry, where I'm like, <laughs> Disney plus is broken yeah, as opposed yeah. to like, maybe Watch I wasn't paying close yeah. enough attention, Adam. <laughs> uh, and, but here's the thing. So that then led me to this internal thought process of like, so what was episode seven trying to accomplish? Right. Cause I'm like, cause it, I'm like literally in the front of my mind watching episode days. I'm like, we've moved how, like we haven't moved the chess pieces anywhere physically. Right Literally, they are in the exact same spot. Yeah. So where do we move emotionally? right? So I had to get to that thing, which I think is actually helpful watching these back to back. I think then it my was mind to is
2: give uh, it was to give that extended emotional beat yeah. of, of their yeah. the death of their parents and that reveal. and then exactly. and that's it for just Ahsoka to be stuck in one place and kind of contemplate that. and
0: right. And mean. to further that relationship so that when that emotional stuff really happens and that trust happens in episode eight, it makes sense. because if you just jump from episode six to episode eight, it would have felt rushed, right, to have Ahsoka sacrifice, basically sacrificing herself for the, Mar- the for the uh, Martez sisters, right? And so, I, I actually appreciated it more than I thought I would watching it back to back.
2: Yeah, that sounds that sounds like the way to do it. Uh, it sound, I, 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 I to this day think that they should have released all the Clone Wars episodes at once because it's something that you just kind of want to watch back to back just to understand relationships, whereas you kind of get the relationships become more vague as you have a week yeah. between episodes and um and 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 this show clings to relationships whereas the mandalorian is very aesthetically interesting and there's other things you can grasp onto that make sense that it's a, a weekly
0: show yeah. the the mandalorian each episode's a standalone episode with an overarching total yeah, going yeah, yeah. through it there's totally. a new adventure pretty much every yep. week
1: right and I, they're also twice as long too i mean these yep. 20 minute bites are like it's just it's
0: mm-hmm. it's kind of too short no by the time i've settled in the credits right. are rolling, and I, right. I think I don't know if they should have released them all at once. I think they should have released episodes one through four as a chunk, okay, and waited a week or two, and then that's five yeah. through eight because they're mini movies, right? And, totally. and actually, the last note I have in my entire thing, not to jump to the end, is they should have ended with a with a movie. Clone Wars started with a movie, yeah, not a great movie, but a movie. Um, and I feel like they should have. I felt like the end of episode eight felt like a like 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 an opening scene of a movie, right? Like it, it got me. I'm like, oh man, I cannot wait for this next plot. Mm -hmm. Right? Like it's all the, all the pieces are moving together. And I think it would have been really cool if they had similar to what they did with the first movie is just take these last four episodes, re-edit them into one film and just end the clone wars with a direct to Disney plus hour and a half movie. Right. I think that would have been really fun.
1: I mean, a theatrical release would have been fun too. I didn't, they do a theatrical release for the first one they sure did i was there for <laughs> pretty sure i was in the theater as well yeah yeah
0: yeah
1: um yeah yeah that would have been a good way to do it but yeah. um i mean it was this is what we got in the next arc oh, yeah, looks, yeah, looks yeah. like it's yeah. going to be very captivating and a lot more you know players and whatnot but um there's so there's other things that apparently there's like a tornado or oh apparently no there's it's raining sideways outside i'm just yeah just, there's like yeah, what's really happening to my house you. right now but that's
0: yeah it's sunny over day, here guys
1: yeah camino <laughs> is actually a, the normal weather pattern yeah um, it looks like naboo you know. out back of my
0: out back of my window so
1: well, maybe you are in naboo. i'm on
2: mustafar guys <laughs> <laughs> have things news. have gone really wrong <laughs> yeah um are wearing masks there's lots of lava
1: <laughs> yeah
2: one oh, of those yes. is true
1: um awesome yeah but uh so there's there's other plot lines that were developed here that were sort of subtle but were are gearing us up for the next arc and um there we know that she's being shadowed or trailed um by some hooded uh mandalorians yeah um, that are, are are apparently looking for ahsoka and just sort of watching from a distance and uh, episode seven, and then they make their presence known at the end of episode eight. And, and um, it is uh, none other than Bo-Katan, um female um, protagonist formerly of Death Watch, uh, Redhead. Um, she's very active in all of the uh, Mandalorian arcs in Clone Wars. Um she I think she solicited the help of Obi-Wan Kenobi and they worked together and trying to unseat Maul and all that. So uh, so ultimately Maul is still a threat. So we we had a long conversation off air about this, just trying to get the thing straight, because the big reveal in eight is that Maul is starting his or continuing his um you know dominance of the underworld where he's sort of brought a bunch of disparate uh criminal enterprises together for a singular purpose you know uh coalescing his power um and so he is ultimately you know still pulling the strings for this for the pikes and uh and they do it in a really cool way there Mm mm-hmm But um, so as far as we can tell right now, so Maul, last time we saw him, he was getting routed by Darth Sidious. Sidious has had enough of him as an upstart and he views him as a threat. He goes in dual wielding lightsabers and ultimately kills Maul's brother, Savage Opress, um, and sends Maul scurrying. But we see now he's still on Mandalore in some capacity. We don't know if he's still the leader of Mandalore, of New Mandalore. Um, or if he's just hiding out there pulling, you know, running his criminal enterprise from there. Um, but we do know that is where Ahsoka is going next. Yeah.
0: Um, and there is a couple interesting things that were dropped in that conversation. The first is referred to simply as Maul, right? Yeah. Which is, which makes sense because Darth Sidious officially stripped him of his Sith title. in last yeah. time we saw them interact, right. Um, which I don't think is anything official, but basically just said, you are no longer a Sith. Um, and they specifically or Maul specifically refers to Crimson Dawn, which is the first time we've heard yeah. that, because in uh, the old in, in Clone Wars, he was the head of the Shadow Syndicate. Is that right? That's right. Shadow yeah. Collective. Shadow, Shadow Collective. Collective yeah, yeah. Right. And that kind of broke broke apart at the end last time we saw them. So clearly he is now we're seeing probably the early days of Crimson Dawn that we meet again 10 years later, 10 ish years later in yeah. uh, Solo.
2: Right. Right. Um, I loved this moment, this introduction of Maul in this episode, Mm -hmm. uh, even more so than his uh, introduction in Solo, because uh, that's a hard
0: part. It's just the aesthetics of
2: him just kind of be him being hooded and the gleaming (laughs) yellow eyes, and you're not getting this kind of theatrical, you know, sitting on the throne type of uh, uh, dramatic moment. And um, I love that. I have some questions about hollow projection.
1: after yes. this episode yes. uh, Like, and i don't
2: want to nitpick and i hate to bring up canon and i i'm not this type of person but <laughs> but you're forcing it on me like you f- you know you're forcing it on me and you know this, this is happening and you Star did this Wars. to yourself basically and i obviously some I, obviously you guys are probably going to argue for the idea that it was a kind of force connection that allowed maul to do this but um Maul, when he appears in Holo projection, he's able to see the pike leader, and uh, but then he's also able to see Ahsoka, or, or it seems to be able to see or sense Ahsoka, who is, like, a, a couple floors below them, down in some, like, on some grates, like, just kind of standing on a walkway or whatever, and I was like, can you see, how far can one see? Uh, the person who's being projected, how far can they see in the room, in the space that they're actually being right. projected? He in- actually...
1: I had to rewind this, because I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what was that? He goes to a rail... So they're on a catwalk, because Star yeah. Wars. <laughs> and um, Because Star
2: Wars. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, and, and they're above what look like brewing like um, containers, these big yeah. eggs that are probably refining spice or whatever.
2: Yeah, brewing
1: spice. Um, but on the top level, yeah, I guess they're looking for a quiet spot. But then he... He's he asks if there was Jedi involved and they're like, I don't know, or something. And then he goes to a cat like goes to the railing and sort of looks over, as a protection. Yeah. yeah. Turns <laughs> yeah. to stage right and like looks and then seems to sense like something going on. And
2: they're horses. just idle. Like the pikes are just idle while he does this, by the way. They're just kind of standing there.
1: Yeah, like that's he's normal like, to just have a pensive moment. I mean, <laughs> they did get it's tone perfect mall in solo. Like it's yeah. it's just like he's a different character now. It's like a different side of his character where he's just terrifying to terrifying people. He's like the Joker, right? In like yeah. Dark Knight Rises. And and like all these these, you know, tough guys are just like scared, you know, ishless to to this guy. And um and he can do whatever he wants, but uh it was just very good, like him and the projection, and they're all just like, oh god, this guy, you know. Th- th- there was that great line where they just like, do you think he knows? And he's like, he always knows.
0: Yeah, it <laughs> yeah, yeah. reminded me of the Nemoidians in Episode One with Sidious, right? Like very much of like that opening oh, okay. line of just like scared of a hollow projection. Yeah. No, the nemoidians oh. like scared of a hollow projection of a Sith just being like, no, you wanted to say something, I'm not saying anything, like. Right. <laughs> right
1: yeah Yeah, that's a good point
0: um
1: but yeah good introduction to maul um but now uh you know bo-katan and ahsoka are coming for him um guys it's
2: my it's my running theory now that i think uh of the three mandalorians we get we get bo-katan it's confirmed obviously she takes her helmet off in the most recent episode uh the other one is a sabine's mother i believe i believe that's also being confirmed somewhere uh, I'm not. I'm not looking at checklists of what's been confirmed or not. I'm just guessing. And then third, I I want to think that's the armor from The Mandalorian.
1: Like, oh. I just. I, I'm really
2: hoping that's the armor, but I don't think she's spoken yet.
1: I don't think she's. Um. She'd have so. to be really young, um, really, because. Well, well, so, we know, right. we're, know we're 20 years from A New Hope. So. 26 years from when we
0: see her well, in 20. Yeah. 28, 29. Cause there's three years. So it'd be tw- they're about 30 years. So, I mean, we don't know how old she is. Right. So if she was 20 right. something. She, so she, yeah. she could be 60. Yeah. 60. Just like, art, like she's 60. cut out of wood.
1: Just like, she's totally like just ripped 60 year old. <laughs> woman.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If Rocky Balboa taught us anything, it's a 65 year old person can easily, you know, be very strong still.
1: I would love that. I would love that. If that's like, oh man, man.
2: it never needs to be revealed. And I doubt it's true. I just, it would be cool.
0: I don't know. They really, because they love synergy. Like this whole thing was, this whole episode had to have been written post solo, right? They're trying to pull in solo. I mean, as we talked about last week, they, Star Wars loves bringing in and, and playing with Canon and trying to connect everything to everything else. So, I think you're on to something, Grant. I wouldn't be shocked if in the next episode Wait. we hear Emily Swallow, because that's the person. I think it's Emily right, that's Swallow does right. the uh, voice
2: exactly yeah. of the
0: armor. Oh, who's going to be at Rhode Island Comic-Con this year? Oh, oh she is? Yeah, Dude. so we're going to have to go say hi to her and get their pictures with her if, you know, seeing how the world is.
1: Moving on. Um, That's a really good call because... We do know, so we know that the armorer is a stickler for tradition. You earn your yep. signets in trials of fire, and we know her helmet has the mall horns on them. So I mean, I don't know if she's wearing them then, but like they there was a generation of uh Mandalorians that wore that were like his legion that wore horns
0: on their helmets. What if they were re what if Interesting, right? That I didn't put together the horns. What if they're repurposed after this episode where they kick Maul off Mandalore, right? Finally, and so the hell, the the spikes are now less a sign of being with Maul, more of like this is our just like the Mudhorn was the single, oh right right, right. like we got we defeated we drove Maul off of Mandalore.
1: Wow. And I'm looking at Emily Swallow right now. So she's 40 right now. So technically,
2: yeah, I don't she think she could that.
1: be, she could be 20 here in this. And then she's 40 in,
0: um, in Mandalore. Sure. But she's always just a voice, right? So she could be anything. She'll yeah. never take her helmet off. She could be, you know, it's a voice is a voice, right?
1: Know? But I'm just saying yeah, If we yeah, assume that the voice actress is of a similar age as yeah. a person. Actually, you know, for
0: she could be 40 and she could be 20 there. Sure. I love that called grant headcanon. Yeah. Would be cool. I love it. It would yeah. be cool. Um, I hope that person either doesn't say a word or if it does, it's Emily Swallow. So it doesn't ruin. And yeah,
1: cannon. this thing's because she's only known as the armor. We'll never really know because they're going to call her by a name or something.
0: Right. right. Unless unless
1: she actually like fabricates armor for Ahsoka or something awesome. Um, that's but, too awesome,
2: Ben. I don't know if that's allowed.
1: That's, that's too cool. Too, uh, imagine they're like, you're like, listen, Armored
2: Ahsoka is way too cool. I, I need it now.
1: They did oh. it. They did it for Obi-Wan. They gave Obi-Wan. Fair
2: treatment. Let's get some Ahsoka armor going. It sounds way too cool.
0: It's 100%. Like, how can it not be? Now I'm like way like now, like I've <laughs> quadrupled down on this thing because Dave Filoni is the writer of these. Yeah. Right. He loves it. We we think we know that Ahsoka is going to pop up in Mandalorian. Uh, the Mandalorian. And so this is a beautiful be...
2: way to connect to the armor. And Ahsoka. yes. You have a character Guys. who knows
0: Ahsoka now and can talk and can speak to her. OK,
1: didn't. So wait, <laughs> did she did she direct at the in the last episode? I'm doing my third rewatch right now, Mandalorian. But um, did she give directions to the Mandalorian or she's just like, you need to find the Jedi period full stop? Or did she like there's this region I've heard their tribe lives in this area. You should go see them. Maybe she's referring to she's to totally
0: Ahsoka. referring to Ahsoka. Total. she's 100% this is cuz she i don't I, I don't know i've only watched it the one time i mean i watched these episodes multiple times but only through one watch right and all i remember is that she said like her his people right like you have to bring him to his people but i don't think she had more information than that do you yeah. do you remember grant
2: no yeah uh no i don't think she gives away any locations of any sort of jedi or no she no she, it's, it's
1: it's just a vague thing that you need to find them all right yeah. so sorry these are just three old guys trying to fucking like
2: <laughs> No, it's it's <laughs> I, I have no idea honestly. But um yeah, I'm now you're just getting me back onto the 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 speculation about baby Yoda and where he'll end up, which I have to think it's going to be in Luke Skywalker's arms or something. Ridi- oh. Something oh. ridiculously awesome like that. Like
1: I can't wait for the season. Like this that. This season is I think it's going to be 3 times as good as the first season, which was already amazing. Can you, like going on an adventure, seeking out the Jedi in the galaxy, oh, and finding them. Imagine when, oh man, Ahsoka Tano, like in live action, like actually turns to camera.
0: I have a bad see, the, the see the Force Awakens has has ruined me for expectations of movies because oh, I have because I have I love that movie, but I have a stinking suspicion that the last minute of episode 10 of season two of the Mandalorian is him fighting Ahsoka. And then it's just like credits. And then we wait another year.
1: I mean, that would mean that you would spend 10 episodes just like planet hopping and picking up clues and what did doing we whatever. Do for the first season. Well, yeah, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying yeah. that's what that would mean. Um, but yeah, because, I mean, like, his ultimate goal is to deliver the baby. But, like, maybe he runs into Ahsoka, so he's like, I'm not your person. Like, you need to find yeah. Luke. Like, Luke is doing this. Yeah, that,
2: see, that's like, I, yeah. Ben, I think you're on something there. I think uh, uh, much like we saw in the Clone Wars um, when the, the Obi-Wan, not, not Clone Wars, I'm sorry, Rebels with the Obi-Wan. Obi Wan uh, episode on Tatooine, wherein we see uh, Luke from a distance, and uh, most recently in the Pixar film *Onward*, you see something occur from a distance. And yeah. I, I, I could definitely see Ahsoka becoming familiar familiar with the, the baby Yoda and, and Mando, and then eventually bringing the baby to to Luke, and Luke could be you know, off in the distance taking the child from her. And then you know, yeah. wherever it goes from there is is totally. Isn't mystery. that the
0: season? Isn't that the series finale? Right? Like, I mean- isn't that? But, like, that's totally what you do. I would like, be happy with that. You because know, that's, I how, you be get, ar- that's how you get around
1: episode, it. One episode, de-aged, um, a little bit de-aged Mark Hamill totally. yeah. um, in there and just doing Mark Hamill things, which is, makes me just gush and just be so yeah. happy. But the, the thing is, if we follow this line of reasoning, then that means Baby Yoda is one of his pupils. And what happens when, you know, Snoke nukes the place? Does it I kill would, Baby Yoda nice. or... T- but Luke also
2: home? knows about Yoda's hut on Dagobah and could rightly deliver the child there to live out its years. You know, what I mean, like he doesn't have to train it. in the, right. I feel
0: back. like our entire episode is dovetailed <laughs> into itself because now I'm guessing the question was asked, where does the next movie go? I don't know. It goes to tell baby Yoda as an adult story. <laughs> it starts oh, yeah. on Dayba, Dagobah.
2: <laughs> I mean, they'd make the most money that way. I mean, the box office numbers would be a
0: billion every time. Just don't (laughs) give us teenage Baby Yoda. Like, teenage Groot is my least favorite character in all of Marvel's cinematic.
2: We're not going to argue about teenage Groot right now, are we? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) if you want
0: to lose... Quite possibly one of the
2: greatest CG characters of all time. Oh. Baby Groot. I like old Groot. I like all Groots.
0: I like old Groot and baby Groot. Full stop. (laughs) Uh,
1: Same, honestly. Who likes teenagers? No one. Right. Except for um, movie makers. Um.
2: You guys like um Kylo Ren?
1: Yeah, he He's is a per- perpetual fair.
2: teenager, right? I
1: mean, that's true to life because, like, men mostly—at least my teenage years lasted until I was thirty. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah that's, about, that's about right. I feel you.
2: Um, so uh, as far as these episodes go, <laughs> jumping back to the clone, <laughs> we were talking about Baby Yoda for a good a second there. Um. If you guys want to speculate further, by all means, go ahead. I got I another. I, got I mean, I got
0: tons of stuff, but nothing. Anymore. Yeah, I know we've
2: got stuff, but it, it might be another whole episode. Um, these episodes loved Rafa's arc and love that she standoffish, becomes this total selfless mm-hmm. hero going to save Ahsoka at the end. And then says Ahsoka is, the, I believe, uh, the how the Jedi ought to be or yes. the Jedi should be. And I really yep. love the line. I thought that was worth the four episodes and worth this this telling of this story to get that line of someone who uh, sees who Ahsoka is and how she's different from the Jedi. Right.
1: And, and, and this actually does, right. And this is this does dovetail back into what I was saying before for my hopes and why I want a sequel trilogy is because I want a throwback uh, or a, not a throwback like a, a new vector for the Jedi, something that's taken the experience of the Skywalker saga, learned from it and and now the Jedi are more pure back to their roots. Like what what is their role in the galaxy? And they find a new role. And and Ahsoka could spearhead that. She could be, you know, a, a leader for Rey in um, in a sequel trilogy. And yeah. um, this could be laying the groundwork for that. And um, yeah. I hope I would love to see that.
0: Yeah, me too.
1: Turn it. on. Did we do it, guys? We covered
2: it. We covered it all.
1: Yeah, we I think covered so. it all. All right. Well, we
2: could have talked a lot more about spice, but I don't think we really need to get into the logistics <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> or the plot <laughs> devices. Yeah. These like, what do
1: the stills do? I don't really know. Yeah. Like, I don't know. You're like oh well. So, what are they doing now? So the um, the Martez sisters have a star cruiser full of spice. So, what are they going to do with that? I
0: well, don't know.
1: Weekend at Bernie's. Are guess. they just going to do it? <laughs> They're going to weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have that corner of
2: the line that was the most pg reference i can make yeah. yeah i was really digging deep to try and find something that i know that's what's so absolutely absolutely funny of,
1: of all the references it's I know. just you know, like Bernie's, one of them going on spice and the other one carries her around for <laughs> yeah. like
0: i just five I episodes of full fear and loathing in las vegas oh yeah like. uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah that that would have been darker that, yeah. maybe not i don't know that's oh. just
0: amazing by evidence. the way If you ever want to have a good time go on a road trip and put put fear and loathing las vegas on the uh on on your on your i listened to that while i was doing my road trip that was fun yeah yeah um that is a good one how about when they straight up just crushed a pike in an elevator and dissected him bisected him oh yeah that was dark (laughs) was like they're gonna let go of him right oh no oh no they didn't and then you hear just like crunch
2: guys you have to remember clone wars is like the darkest of the animated shows really is
1: (laughs) yeah there's a lot of deaths that um that poor uh trandoshan uh uh, like i don't know platform manager you know caught a bad one that
2: dark i do like that darkness though like i I think that is part of the george lucas touch as well like when mace windu chops off jango fett's head yeah. Like, that is something that I don't think Disney would do. Like, I don't think they would do that in yeah. 100, 100 years. They would never do that scene.
1: All right. What's and the I darkest thing it, that happened in the sequel trilogy that's anywhere close to that?
2: Uh, I guess. I mean, well, it, it, it doesn't count if it happens to a dark side character
0: either, I think. Well,
1: why? I... Well, they did, no, no, uh, did cure Han Solo, They shish kebab
0: Solo. Yeah. So. And that was pretty graphic. You can't. Yeah, that was good. That was Great, good. you can't use the example of decapitating <laughs> a bounty hunter and then, and then, and then. <laughs> handcuff us and say you can't say poorly gray
1: character
0: I think no. he would work
1: for any Work with credits
0: yeah that's not good um <laughs> okay I mean, I mean they did have that smash into a cliff in, yeah uh, as a I Skywalker. mean all of the the fact that all of your heroes die in Rogue One <laughs> yeah like right. pretty badly like to me Bodie Rook's death is still stunning to me that they just throw a grenade in there and you just see the grenade explode and I'm like Oh man, that's rough. That guy just blew up like that. Uh, yeah. Totally. yeah, yeah, Oof. That's so rough.
2: And what Vader does? Uh, <laughs> the yeah, you just you just ah, nailed right. it. He
0: bisects a guy. Yeah, as he's right. walking down a hallway. <laughs> yeah, there it
2: is. That's pretty dark. Yeah. Rogue One still it, feels like an anomaly to me. It feels like get Tony, get uh, you know Tony Gilroy. Let's make this you know and and get Gareth Edwards and make this total kind of like you know gritty
1: think...
2: uh, war film basically.
0: I think the darkest thing they did in the if we just take the Skywalker section of the sequel trilogy is still the opening to the first movie into episode 7 when they just are slaughtering the uh the town folk. Oh yeah. Like to me that's yeah. still why I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. It's like still I, that
2: still sticks in my mind is like Kylo cannot be redeemed. Exactly. He literally still, every time I think I'm killer.
0: like, "Oh, yeah, I'm glad you saved Rey and You kissed her." But like you just slaughtered an entire <laughs> you ordered the slaughter of an entire village. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You should not be going. You should not be one with the force, my friend.
2: <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, no, and I, I actually did didn't mind him being redeemed in the end. I yeah. just felt like that was, I just felt like that was a a step too far in the dark side, yeah. you know. And uh, a, a, as dark as Vader was, we never saw him explicitly, you know, massacre, you know, entire villages it, on screen.
1: Sure, right. mm, except for the Tuscan village.
2: I mean, I, I, yeah. I, it's funny, when I think about Star Wars, I always revert to the original trilogy. and I like, rarely have the I prequels know. in mind. Yeah. But I'm um, like, oh yeah,
0: that happened. Vader, Anakin, mainly well, because, because
2: I'm just talking like, you know, Cyborg Vader, I'm never really thinking of Anakin in particular, uh, in terms yeah. of like a threatening, menacing, dark character.
1: Uh, <laughs> he did just kill a guy while he was interrogating him in like the second scene in that movie. It was just true. like, yeah, you're a part of the Rebel <laughs> Alliance and a you know, traitor. But it wasn't and wrong,
0: like, right? He killed an enemy combatant. Yeah, it wasn't. About, it wasn't like an innocent you. village. It was a war. I've no? also, guys. I'm kidding. I'm not trying to, I'm <laughs> yeah, trying
2: yeah. to justify. I, day I day am day also. They're
1: a consular ship <laughs>
2: <laughs> on a diplomatic
1: mission. On a, a diplomatic mission. Yeah. Um, yeah. Point?
2: No darkest thing in Star Wars. I, I. Hmm. I think it's. I think it's some of the body body horror with Anakin. Honestly, it's like him losing his arm. Him being like just burned to a crisp. That yeah. is like. Yeah. I, I think don't are. think it's darker than that.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's the darkest scene in the series. No, I mean, him
0: rolling I think around I... screaming, I hate you is probably the darkest <laughs> moment in Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oof, boy. May earn that PG 13. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: That's, I mean, that's Lucas, though. Um, yeah. I was trying to think of anything else. I mean, the Wrath Tars, you know, those are, there's some <laughs> gnar there.
0: Yeah. I mean, they have the decraniated de- uh, servant in Solo that's yeah, oof, pretty, yeah, really yeah. upsetting. I rewatched Solo and that scene, like yeah. that that character gets some screen time, and I'm like, oh boy, that is that is not that. That's and he's like talking to the talking to the decraniated person. I'm like, this is this is dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: that's <laughs> Doctor Evazon's work right there. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, that's why Afro would be the most. Oh, is it Aphra? Is that what's coming in 2022? Mm.
0: I How, honestly yeah, I I don't know. see either of those I filmmakers. So. I hope not. I love Ryan Johnson. I just don't want his yeah. take on Africa. Afro of yeah. needs a comedic genius. To yeah, it a it genius. It's it's a
2: yeah. It needs a tech. He needs a James Gunn. but it might yeah. be too similar to Gu- a guardian Steve for him to yeah. want to do that. But
1: um, I really yeah. think like they sort of, they've, uh, they meaning Lucasfilm has partitioned the films and the, and the live action and the, uh, Animated series and that sort of like TV stuff from the books and the comics and stuff. And it's really like they they don't want to make it essential viewing to have to like read or do any of stuff like that. And I think I you know, I think Afra is just gonna live on the on in the comic book world for
0: her. I, whole I, think, <laughs> I disagree. I think we get an Afra in a series or a movie as a background. They're gonna do it the Marvel way. They're gonna introduce her as a supporting background character. And then spin her off in her own film if there's traction, right? Like mm-hmm. they're going to give her and not, and, and we'll do it in a way that's similar to Marvel. You don't need to read any of the comics, but Hey, if you want to learn more about Dr. Afro, right. here's where you can go, but you don't need to. Yeah. Would I, she,
1: I Would she be too young for Obi-Wan? She would be right. She'd yeah. And would be like, an Obi, be like yeah. a kid.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, as far as Afro goes, I, I, Definitely think they're going to do a movie, although I would prefer, this is weird to say, but I prefer a Disney Plus series with the character because I feel like there's just much like the show okay. that you pitched a while back, Adam, about uh, uh, the Den of Antiquities and going over each, all these different antiques around the galaxy and having their own like little, you know, stories for each episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you, there could be so many mysteries. It could be like the X Files of Star Wars with a Dr. Akhira series. Yeah. Um, uh, but what I think is going to happen is that the, I think Indy 5 is slated for 2022. And I think that they're, man, I think they're doing, they're, they're probably writing so many different scripts and throwing around so many different ideas for what that film is. It's yeah, probably already are. written. It's probably, are, they're
0: probably in oh. production at this point. But I mean, and John Kasdan was the last person attached. And I think that he's I, oh, someone else. Already John
1: Kasdan would be there. a nice name to have. But attached he, to
2: and this is why I think we're going to get a movie. I think, um, Possibly one of the Indy Five writers or one of the ideas that came up came up with writing Indy Five. They're going to say, "Hey, this was a great idea. Let's put it in space and yeah, let's make Doctor Afra." And that's that's what I think will probably happen. Yeah. But, um, mm. but Indy Five. I mean, it's all guesses are valid yeah. at this point. Like, who knows what the next archaeological expedition is going to go on? I have to think it's the the. I would say it's the Dragon's Triangle would be fun. Like something mm. like the uh, mysterious area of the of the yeah. globe. That planes are disappearing, and whatnot. Yeah. Totally. Um, but something iconic like that, that you could just set in space very easily, set yeah. in space. Right. Hey,
0: Die Hard 3 started out as a script for Lethal Weapon 3. So, hey, <laughs> that, that stuff happens all the time.
1: Interesting. That's a really, really good insight, man. That I could definitely see that happening. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna cap this thing. We've uh, we've done a great job. This has been super fun um, talking to you. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this, and it's uh, piqued your interest and made you think about the galaxy far, far away. Um, that's my favorite thing to do. Um, we got more Star Wars coming, and it's yeah, good. you know, the
2: important stuff like dark science, cloning, pew pew blasters.
1: <laughs> Listen, you know, we need hope right now, and yeah. uh, this is one of those things. Uh, you know, if Star Wars has taught me anything, that there's there's always hope. So. Um, It's going to be great. So uh, thanks very much, guys, for being awesome. And thanks very much, listeners, for uh, listening to us. We also think you are equally as awesome. Um, Feel free to reach out. um, And, yeah, we'll see you next week. And may the Force be with you.
2: This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you always. Yeah.